Good afternoon. Welcome to the Cone Zone. We are your designated cones. Grant Cone, Lowell Cone. The Niners are back in the Super Bowl. You covered five of these. They always won when you covered them. I covered one a few years ago and they lost. We're going back together this year to Las Vegas. And we're going to talk about that at length, but we got to look back first because we just got past the Lions and it was one of the most incredible comebacks in playoff history. The Niners were down 17 at halftime. They erased that deficit in eight minutes and won. Was that a great comeback, father, or a great collapse? Okay, could we split the difference? Um, first of all, I want to give credit. When you're down that much going into the second half, that is extremely serious. And even if the other team is not as good as you, which is the case, and the other coach is bordering on a clown, which is the case. Um, it takes a lot to come back. It's hard to do that in football. It's hard to win in football. The Lions <laughs> were not as good as the Niners, but they were a good team. So I give them incredible <laughs> coughing, but I got a cough drop here. Mm -hmm. I, I give them incredible props for the comeback. In fact, my overall grade this may surprise you, Iggy, for the Niners in that game as a team would be an A, even with all the things that went wrong, because a comeback like that is historic, is dramatic, it's uplifting, <laughs> taking a cough drop, to the fans, it's uplifting to the team. It meant everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so all of that. And Purdy came through, Kyle came through. We had wondered if they could come through in a big game. They did. The both of them did yeah. uh, in the second half, in the second half. But was it a big collapse? That Lions team got exposed. We always had our doubts about um, Jared Goff. You know, he's a pretty good quarterback, and he has a great arm. He can't move. He's a little plodding in his thinking, and he's certainly not a guy who can carry a team on his back. And the coach is one of these guys, overrated NFC coaches, like Sirianni. They're, they're, they're BS artists in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Oh, we changed the culture. We uh, mm -hmm. So much for the culture. Can you coach? Mm -hmm. uh, can you make the right decision? No, you can make the wrong decision twice, not to mm -hmm. go for the field goal. Make the mm -hmm. wrong decision twice. So I think it was a combo pack. Great comeback, great collapse. What do you think? Both. I mean, the Niners were seven-point favorites. They're better than the Lions. So the fact that they had to come from behind, whatever. Like, it, they didn't play that great, but they did what they had to do, and they revealed the essential truth that they're better than the Lions. The Lions had an, an opportunity to, like, pull off this incredible upset, and they blew it. They freaking blew it. You could say that they always go for it on fourth down, but by not kicking a field goal, they gave the 49ers all the momentum when they were up by 14. And I guess the Lions will say they didn't have a good kicker and that that guy hadn't been making long kicks. I don't know. Well, then you guys just weren't good enough to beat the 49ers. Sorry. You weren't yeah. going to beat the 49ers. Yeah. And saying they didn't have the right kicker. They had all season to get a better kicker. You know, no excuses. No excuses. The coach blew it. And I want to tell you, Iggy, if I were a Detroit, Detroit writer, columnist, and I was still doing this job, I'd go after the coach. Yeah. My column would be, how Dan Campbell blew the championship game. Nothing else. That's what I would have written. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, also, in addition to Dan Campbell, if he were defending himself, he'd say, well, the fourth, the first fourth down that they went for, the Lions, was a, a throw to a wide-open Josh Reynolds who dropped it. Then on the next series, it was third and 10. There was another throw to a wide-open Josh Reynolds, passed the sticks, and he dropped it again. Um but it's like, okay, well then, you guys still aren't good enough to beat the 49ers. You were thrown to some wide receiver who wasn't ready for the moment, and he yeah. blew it. Yeah, so, so you're going to blame the whole... Better, you would have won. Yeah, if you, if you were better, you would have won. Yeah. They weren't good enough to do it. And yeah. the coach is supposed to take that into account. Right. Saying, is this guy going to catch it, or should we right. go for the three points and make it a three-score game yet again? Or I should think we call a guy for someone else? Who is Josh Reynolds? He's like your fourth best wide receiver. Why are you yeah. on him? Yeah. yeah. What I feel about Dan Campbell 
there are certain coaches that are gimmick coaches. Chip yeah. Kelly was a gimmick coach. This guy's a gimmick coach. His gimmick is he goes for it on fourth down. And in Philly, the gimmick is the, the gimmick is the tush push. But let's come back to the Niners because the Lions are history. They're history. Yeah. The Niners, some teams cannot take advantage when the other coach is a clown. The Niners did. They kept their cool. They did. They kept their cool and they came back like I would say like a great team. You know, some of those Joe Montana uh, teams were behind in big games. They, they were behind in the catch game, but they came They came back. Coming back is extraordinary, and they came back. So I give the 49ers full credit. And Iggy, it's one of the best comebacks I've ever seen in a 49ers game. And, you know, I've been – I can't say thousands because they're not that many games in a season – but I've covered hundreds and hundreds, I guess, of their games. And this was one that was amazing and praiseworthy. Yes, agree. The Niners get full credit. In addition, the Lions collapsed, the Packers collapsed. And the Niners clearly not only better than those teams, but more seasoned and ready for the moment than those teams. But those teams absolutely collapsed. And what I want they had leads late, but not only that, they had opportunities to intercept Brock Purdy. Brock, the Niners are undefeated when he doesn't throw an interception, but they had their opportunities. The Packers had two, the Lions had three, and they only came away with one collectively. And he, he's moving on. The question to me is, if he keeps playing like that, will the Chiefs give those opportunities away? That's what matters moving forward. Like, It's great that the Niners were able to do this, but they need to play a whole lot better next than they did in the NFC Championship. They played just well enough in the NFC Championship game, in the, NF in the NFC playoffs. Iggy, I'm going to disagree with you, so bear with me. I don't think they played just well enough. I think they kicked butt against mm -hmm. the Lions. Coming back like that is not playing just well enough. It's playing extraordinary. And that's – so I think – we, this is fair. Let me we rephrase it, then, what I'm trying to say. Okay, all right. The Niners were 10-point favorites over the Packers and 7.5-point favorites over the Lions. They beat each team by three. They did what they had to do to win. But narrowly beating Green Bay and narrowly beating Detroit doesn't necessarily mean the Niners are going to go beat Kansas City. That's a way better team. That's all I'm saying. I, I agree. Oh, and we're yeah. going to talk about Kansas City in a bit. Yeah. But, again, I don't think the Niners did – just enough to win. I think they did something extraordinary to win. That's how I feel. And if I were writing a column about the Niners, I wouldn't be writing about the quarterback or the running back. I'd be writing about what they did was extraordinary. Yeah. It's like a great fighter gets knocked down a few times in the early rounds and is way behind. Jake LaMotta against Dutuil, who people won't even know, came back and knocked him out in the yeah. last round. And that's extraordinary. And what the Niners did was extraordinary. Doesn't matter who they did it against. I know, you're right. I guess I just can't get past that the defining play of this game was a play that very well could have been an interception for the Lions, but they hit the guy in the face. It's one of those games. And it wasn't like the Niners were down and then Brock Purdy threw the pass to Dwight Clark and it was just this, this incredible play. It was, it was like divine intervention. It was. It's Sal Castaneda. You were on Channel 2 yesterday. He called it the IU fluke, which yeah. it's so clever. And it's so New York, the IU yes. fluke. Yeah. I love it. You and it was. On the, on the, like the New York Post, right? Big, bold letters. Yeah, the IU fluke. Yeah. Um, it's true. There was, uh, and Iggy said it. He was on Channel 2 and he said, if you slow down the film, you could see God coming on the field and, and helping the 49ers. That was. Well, now, it was a great play by Ayuk, but it was a bad play by the defensive back when the ball hit him in the face and he didn't knock it away or catch, or, or catch it. So, yeah, I mean, great comeback. That was also a great collapse. It required the Lions to do some really bad things that, that make you think that they're not really a true contender even next year. They look a lot like the Eagles, not like the next 49ers. They're NFC tough. And what we're going to learn about the Niners in two weeks 
are they NFL tough or NFC tough? If they beat Kansas City, they're NFL tough. If now, if they lose, right. but it's a close game, maybe they're NFL tough. If they get that they're behind handed to them, they're NFC tough. I'm not they, saying that's going to happen, but those are our our positions. They looked NFC tough against the Browns, the Ravens, and the Bengals. They Let's did see what the Chiefs can do because the Chiefs yeah. just made Lamar Jackson look terrible. Rob Mahone says if the Niners versus the Chiefs were a boxing match, what match would it be and why? Oh. It would be um, uh, Ali uh, Frazier. Ali Frazier? All three of them. Yeah. They faced each other once. So so in this one, the Niners are Ali because Frazier won the first one. Yeah. Frazier kicked his butt in the first one. But... What I want to say is both of them are all-time great heavyweights, both of them. The second fight was very close. The third fight, they were both diminished, and Ali stopped them. Yeah. Garrett Breeden says, will Fred Warner be a Hall of Famer? I don't know. Patrick Willis isn't in yet. I'm not sure. Jason Applebaum calling me. He's got my haircut. Maybe he's getting his haircut, too. We have the same barber. I'll, I'll answer that later. Jason? I think I'll answer it later. Yeah. Zach Rivero says defense fall off concerns me more than Moody. Yeah, to me, the question with the Niners is can their defense stop the Chiefs in this game? I'm, that's that's my main question. But let's talk quarterback first because it's a quarterback driven league. Can we finally put to rest the idea that Brock Purdy is a game manager, Dad? I think we can. And I'd like to talk about this at, at a little bit of length. I want to give props. I watched J.T. O'Sullivan yesterday. He did a long analysis of Purdy's performance in the championship game. So some of the ideas I'm putting forth are not mine. They're J.T.'s. And if you don't watch his quarterback school, I encourage you to do it. It's one of the fabulous resources on on um, on the Internet. And uh, I, I really, really admire what J.T. is doing. So he, here's what he said. He said, how do we define... And he's very bright. He's very articulate. He's so bright. Um, how do we define the difference between a game manager and a game changer? We'll mm -hmm. put it into those categories. What does a game changer have to do to rise above game manager? And he, he said a few things. When the system breaks down in a play, mm -hmm. he has to be able to rise above the, the fallen system and and make a play that keeps the offense moving. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really significant. Um, he gave examples. One was the runs, and we all knew that. Um, the runs were phenomenal, and they they all came on broken plays. Now, is he a fast runner like, say, um, Lamar Jackson is? I don't think so but he's really a good athlete and he's very smart and he ran well. I mean, he's not slow, Wiggy. He ran well and he ran by defenders three times mm -hmm. and kept the Niners. So he saved the Niners from themselves in those three plays. Mm -hmm. But JT also pointed out two other plays. The one play, that nice um, pass to Juszczyk when Juszczyk was going left to right across the middle of the field. He slowed down the film and he showed that Juszczyk was supposed to run to the left and he got blocked off and re and redirected. Juszczyk, to his credit, kept playing. So he, he was blocked off and he thought, I'll run to the right. No one, you know, the quarterback doesn't expect him to be there, but maybe he can find me if he needs me. Well, Purdy couldn't find anybody, and now he sees Yushek. And what J.T.O. Sullivan said was, this is a high IQ play for each of them. Mm -hmm. The one guy got himself open. The other guy, when all else failed, got him the ball. And I think it was the first down, but if not, it was a good play. And again, what he said was, the system had broken down. Mm -hmm. Purdy made the play. A game manager does not make that play. 
Then there was the other pass where he th running to the left threw across the field, which you're never supposed to do, and he hit Juwan Jennings. Remember that one? That was incredible. Incredible. Was incredible. Was, he did ev everything wrong. God bless him. But we're, and again, uh, what JTL Sullivan said, this is no play available for him, for Purdy. The, he, the system had broken down on that play. Out of options made something happen. And he said, a game manager can't do that. And in fact, he said, there aren't all that many quarterbacks in the league who can do, who can do it. So the way I look at Purdy, is he Joe Montana? Won't even have the conversation. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. Who's he compared to, to Joe or to Steve? Is he an elite talent as a quarterback? Iggy, I think he is in the current crop of quarterbacks. Okay. Um, we'll see. I'm not sure about that, but that's a different okay. discussion about I, I, this is a discussion about the definition of things, which I like. It's, it's fun. The definition okay. of a game manager. I agree. He's definitely not a game manager. So what is a game manager? This is something. I mean, this whole discussion was started by Cam Newton. God love him. And he said, Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Tua Tagovailoa, all game managers. And to me, the definition of a game manager is someone, it's a mentality. Alex Smith had it. You go into a game and your number one concern, your number one goal is a negative. I'm not going to mess up. I'm uh, not going to turn it over. So you're going out there, you know, making sure you don't do certain things, right? That is not Brock Purdy's mentality at all. At all. I mean, he is, he takes risks. He throws with anticipation. His interception against the Lions, the guy wasn't open. I mean, Debo wasn't open at all. He just threw it into double coverage. He, a lot of times, you'd like him to be more of a game manager. So I don't think he's a game manager at all. Like, yes, he's a great scrambler. Yes, he can make plays outside of the structure of the scheme and he can ad lib and he takes risks. He's not a game manager at all. He doesn't want to be a game manager. He's like the opposite of a game manager. Is he a game changer? At times. At times he is. At times he you is. You know, I, I, you, what you did was you, you, you sort of said not all the time. And I would agree with you. Yeah. He's not a game changer on every play. No. And sometimes he's a game changer for the negative. Yeah. Uh, but he makes a lot of game changer plays. And it's possible he, even, he will even make more in the future. A higher percentage. Agree. Wasn't it a really interesting comparison on the same? I like when you get two quarterbacks in the same game, see how they do. Again, Cam Newton said that Brock Purdy and Jared Goff are both game managers. I mean, you watch them on the same field in the same NFC Championship game. There's a big difference between Brock Purdy and Jared Goff. Jared Goff is a game manager. He did yeah. not put the ball at risk in the NFC Championship. He made sure he didn't make mistakes, and he lost because he can't move or ad lib or do anything outside of the structure of the scheme. He is the classic game. That's what it looks like. And that's why I'd rather. It was funny is he was the number one pick. Purdy was the last pick. Why was Goff the first pick and Purdy the last pick? Size and arm strength. Well, in modern football, I don't care if the quarterback's six feet tall with a slightly weak arm. He needs to be able to run around like Brock Purdy can, at minimum like Brock Purdy can. And that's the new skill set. So really, Purdy had more of a reason to go one than Goff in retrospect. I would actually, I love what you're saying, and I would even simplify it. I would say that Brock Purdy has it, <laughs> and Jared Goff doesn't and never did. Yeah. Whatever, however you want to define it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For example, Russell Wilson used to have it. Yeah. No longer. No yeah. longer has it. You know it when you see it. And I'm saying that Brock Purdy has it. Would you agree with me on that? I would agree. You know who never had it? Jimmy Garoppolo. No, they thought he had it. And they, they paid him a it. lot of money. Yeah, but he yeah. never had it. No. You know who had it? Jeff Garcia. And I think that's the best comparison for Brock Purdy at this point in uh, Purdy's career. I think he's like a young Garcia. Now, Garcia wasn't as advanced as Purdy. Garcia had to go to the Canadian Football League, and he wasn't really an MVP candidate or a pro bowler until his late 20s or early 30s. But just the way they scrambled around, the way they could win in the pocket, outside the pocket. Maybe you think Purdy's better, but I thought Garcia was quite good. I loved uh, watching Garcia. And yeah. Garcia had, had a, a, another impediment. Uh, Terrell Owens used to yeah. trash him after every game. And uh, the Niners support Brock Purdy. 
uh, what Terrell Owens did in that locker room is one of the most disgusting things I've ever witnessed in my life, week after week. Yeah, no disrespect to Steve Mariucci, but he wasn't exactly a strong head coach, and he let Terrell Owens run that team, and um, Terrell Owens wasn't a team player. And Yeah, that team had a lot of problems. If you put Jeff Garcia on this team, which seems oh. to respect its head coach and has a defense, he would have been great. Very similar. He would have been great. Yeah. He would have been great. Would it look like this? Would have been great. And I remember actually one time interviewing uh, Jeff Garcia back in 2017, like before. It was during the Chip Kelly era. And I was at, I think it was right before they played Kyle Shanahan and the Falcons. And I was asking who they should try to get. And he was saying, man, they could get Kyle Shanahan. I think it would be good for Colin Kaepernick. And he just kind of went off on a tangent. Like, I would have loved to play for the Shanahans. Jeff Garcia saying, I would have loved to play in that system. Well, we kind of see what it looks like right now. Yeah. He would love yeah. to. He would be, yeah. He'd be great. Yeah. Front row. Papa Cone is the GOAT. Credit from you means a lot because of what you've seen. Question, are you both covering the game or just a vacay for you guys? I'm covering the oh. game. Yeah. I'm no longer a credentialed journalist. I mean, I've been retired, I think, seven years now. So what I'm going to do is... Iggy's going to be there all week, and I'm sitting up here. <laughs> I live alone on top of this hill in Oakland, so I'm going to go down for a few days and spend some time with Iggy, and uh, we're going to have dinner with my great friend, Kenny Epstein, who owns the El Cortez Hotel. We're going to have dinner with him and his son, Lawrence Epstein, but I'll come back for the game. I'd like to... I. It costs $6,000 for a bad seat, and I'm going to come home and watch it in my pajamas. Chris Tallarico says agree 100% with Lowell. Niners took both games back. Grant isn't giving the Niners enough credit. Brock isn't Montana, but did Montana-like things these last two weeks? Very impressed by the Niners' resolve. I'll give the Niners enough credit if they win the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. They squeaked past two teams that everyone said weren't that good before the games. Lazy Boy Sports says member uh, for two, has been a member for two months. Cool. Words of wisdom, may I post my defense suggestions and get your father's opinion? I can post in the chat below, BT-Dub. I wish I had my pops with me like you do. Um, Thank no, you. we don't do it that way on the show. Sorry. That's a lot. Joey Mellons, cool to hear y'all are going to the Super Bowl together. I'll be watching the games with my father go Niners. Cool. I'm also bringing, uh, I, got a, I got a credential for Jose. He's going to be there all week. Great. Proud of that. Martin Camacho, good take, Popcone. Brock is showing flashes of his future stardom. Let the boy turn into the man the league has yet to see. I love how you put that. All right. Let's do some prize picks, Dad. Super okay, Bowl prize edition prize picks. Okay. Starting with Brock. 249 and a half passing yards, more or less, against Kansas City. Oh, can I think a minute? Yeah, this is important. You got to get this right. Yeah, I got to get this right. Um, Kansas City has a very good defense, Iggy. Right? They have an excellent defense. One of the second best defense in the league. Yeah, and I think the Niners are gonna run a lot. Um, I'd say maybe fewer. What do I you think? That's fair. Fewer. Remember, we do we we do grammatically correct prize we picks. Do, do, yeah, we talk good here. We talk good. We talk real good here. All right. Isaiah mm, Travis Kelsey, 72 and a half receiving yards. Their go-to guy. Oh. No, more, because they, they keep throwing it to him. They have to. And he keeps They're getting open. Yeah. yeah. All right, his counterpart, George Kittle, tight end for the 49ers. 49 and a half receiving yards, more fewer. Yeah, he didn't have that many against the Lions. He's going to, um, he because, due. huh? He's due, right? He's due. He, he, he works very hard at blocking and all yeah. of that. But I have a feeling, uh, I'm going to say more with him. I have the same feeling. I have the same feeling. What about Isaiah Pacheco? They're running back in uh, Kansas City. Can the Niners stop him? 68 and a half rushing yards. Iggy, a, a couple of things here, and we'll talk about it at length later. First of all, he's a tough runner. And yeah. second of all, the Niners, at least against the Lions, didn't look so good, at least in the first half, stopping the run. So no. I'm going to say more. I agree. I think the Chiefs are going to commit to it, and the Niners have been. I mean, they're giving up 158 rushing yards a game in the playoffs. That's so no good. Wow, Christian McCaffrey, That's so no good. The other running back, 90 and a half rushing yards, 90, 90 and a half. Boy, that's a big number, Iggy. 
Mm. You know what? He's phenomenal. I'm I, I'm going to give him more, just on the basis of who he is. More, more. Okay, and then we'll take this uh, gimme that Prize Picks is so graciously offering. If Patrick Mahomes throws for one pass yard, we win this one. So I'm taking that. Thank you, Prize Picks. They're so generous. And then let's one make it pass, one what pass yard. It? One pass yard. It's a little. Uh, it's a little promotion they give. They're giving out. If you, I love if you it. I think, I think he'll get one pass yard. I think he'll get one. So I'm putting 50 bucks down to make 1100 And if you're playing at home, it's Brock Purdy with less. Travis Kelsey, more. George Kittle, more. Pacheco, more. <laughs> McCaffrey, more. And Mahomes, more. So the only one we're betting against is Purdy this week. Interesting. Anyway, that's locking it in. Go wait. $25. Okay, max entry. Twenty. See, so you learned something. 550 because of the Patrick Mahomes one. There it is. All right. Let's get back to the show. Now. Nine is a one point favorites. It could go either way, Pops. Close game. Close game. How do you see the, if the 49ers were to lose to Kansas City, how do you see that happening? Okay. We're going to do two scenarios, a 49er loss and a 49er win, Mm -hmm. and try to get be logical and see how it could happen. For the Niners to lose, oh, well, they wouldn't be able to stop Pacheco. Yeah. And they wouldn't be able to stop Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, In addition, Andy Reid, all props to Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid is the best play designer and the best play caller in the league right now he yeah. is and give him two weeks wow give him two weeks that's something um also i think you'd have to ask can the niners uh perform well offensively against kansas city can they run the ball mm-hmm. will kansas city frustrate Brock Purdy. I think for Kansas City to win, they'd have to really try to limit um, CMC more than we've said, and they'd have to frustrate uh, Brock Purdy a little. That's a losing scenario for me, uh, for the Niners. What about you? Yeah, to me, the Niners were so weak against the run in the last two games. They needed to. They, the only time they shut down the Lions' run game was in the second half after they brought an eighth, the 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 safety down in the box and really committed to stopping it, um, and that worked. But if they do that against the Chiefs, most teams are terrified to play it in the box against the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes will throw deep and he'll complete the pass. So the how the night how the Chiefs win is if Steve Wilkes is afraid to load the box and he lets Isaiah Pacheco run all over him. Um, and I wouldn't blame him for even making that choice because what's the right choice here? Do you stop Pacheco or Mahomes? You stop Mahomes. You stop Mahomes. You don't let Mahomes beat you. So Pacheco could beat them. David Montgomery, you figure he had 18 carries, I think. If he'd had 25, maybe the Lions win. Same thing with Aaron Jones the week before. Pacheco had 24 carries in the AFC Championship game. Seems like this version of the Chiefs team kind of gets it. They don't have Tyreek Hill. They're a team that runs the ball. So... The Niners could get punked. Okay. Uh, scenario for the Niners winning. Scenario for the 49ers winning. Le- le- you're better at this than I am. Uh, let me take a shot. They can run against Kansas City, and CMC has a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas City, uh, its secondary is not as good as we think. Brock Purdy completes very quick, very clever passes over the middle and they're able to march. Uh, the defense actually does better against the run than it did against the Lions. And I want to say I don't use the previous game to predict this game. I feel every game is a new universe. It's a different team. It's a different week. Uh, so Niners win. They do better against Pacheco than you think. The um, wide, re- wide receivers for the Kansas Cities are good they're not as good as the Niners. The Niners are able to 
block them off, make them frustrated, all that kind of thing. And Kelsey doesn't have a runaway game like he had last weekend. Yeah. I mean, watching the AFC Championship Ravens against the Chiefs, what baffled me what the Ravens did is they didn't really try to run the ball. They had their their starting running back, Gus Edwards, I think had 22 yards on three, three carries. And yeah. Lamar Jackson didn't play well. He did not play well. He looked like the Lamar Jackson who lost a lot of playoff games when he was younger. And you'd figure maybe if the Ravens had given him a run game, they would have had a chance. They only lost by seven. So I don't know. Maybe Brock Purdy's better than Lamar Jackson. Maybe not. I don't think so. I think if you just try to drop back and beat this the Chiefs by passing, you're going to lose. The Ravens just pro- proved that. you got to run against them. And the Niners have the best running back in the league. And they just saw the Ravens lose this way. They just saw the Ravens lose with a one-dimensional offense. So I'm thinking the Niners will learn the lesson. Lean on McCaffrey. They've been pacing him the past couple months. There's This is the last game of the season. I, give him the ball as much as you freaking need to. That's how the Niners win. It's like, okay, you're going to hand off to Isaiah Pacheco. Okay, he's really good. We're going to hand off to Christian McCaffrey. He's better. If this is yeah. going to be a competition between who, which running back is better, we're going to win that competition. I love it. I love what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And if it were to become that kind of game, it would be, to use a, a Lions phrase, it would be a gritty, um, in the trenches, tough football game where every inch that you get matters. I yeah. love games like that. I do. Me I too. love games like that. Me I too. Love now, it'll be a little bit different. Um, earlier, I was saying, you know, Steve Wilkes, you kind of concede the running game because you don't want Mahomes to beat you deep, so you play two deep safeties. I don't know how is going to approach the Niners offense because I don't think you really play that way against Brock Purdy. I mean, Spagnola might want to load the box against Christian McCaffrey and dare Brock Purdy to beat him over the top in a Super Bowl, in which case... That would be a whole different thing. I mean, the Niners may be forced to pass. It'd be it would be interesting to see if the game unfolds that way. How would you approach it if you were the Chiefs' defensive coordinator? I see, Iggy. You like Spagnola? He's really good. He's been there a while. He did a great job against the Niners in the last Super Bowl. Yeah, he's he's a high. There are so many high quality defensive minds in that league. There really are. Yeah, I think uh, if. For the Kansas City defense to work, they're going to really have to try to hurt. I don't mean disable, but Mm -hmm. uh, put some pain onto the 49ers. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. They have a really, they did it. They did such a good job against Lamar Jackson. They pressured him and they covered his receivers so well. Uh, Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they can do that against the 49ers. Because the Browns could, and the Browns did a good job against Brock Purdy. Vegas expects this to be a lower scoring game. They have it like 24 23 Niners. I could, well, I could see it being a lower scoring game because there'd be so much running. I could see yes. that. Yes, I do. Absolutely. I just want to make one comment about Lamar Jackson. He may win the, uh, the MVP this year. I told you, I've never liked him as a quarterback. I like him as a threat and as a performer. But I don't like him passing in the pocket. I don't like him passing out of the pocket. Uh, if if you said to me, um, we got a team of 10 good offensive guys, and now we need to have a quarterback, and your choice is Brock Purdy or Lamar Jackson, I'd have to think hard about it. I wouldn't just say Lamar Jackson. I, I would have to really, really think about it to pick Lamar Jackson over Brock Purdy. I would. I'd still take Lamar. It's okay, interesting we're talking enough. about game changer. Like he has to be able to overcome the yeah. coach. Well, Lamar couldn't overcome Todd Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin was awful. He just didn't run the ball. And I don't know. Lamar looked not like himself. He was indecisive. He was bad. He was bad, Lamar. Yeah. And he so he wasn't a game changer. They scored 10 points. He made some plays. Yeah. He made some incredible plays in that game, but they scored 10 points. Yeah. How many quarterbacks can really overcome a bad coach? Like, as as good as Josh Allen is, he's never been to the Super Bowl. You kind of need both. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let's answer some super chats. We got some coming back to you, Sean. Wait, just a second. Martin, fish and chips. How are we going to overcome the head coach in the Super Bowl? Hi, fish and chips. Hi, fish. You know what? We'll. We have to see if he can overcome himself. It could not. 
Couldn't hide. Joe, Joe Crowell says, I have zero idea why the Niners are favorites. All of the things that Kansas City do well are the exact things that SF uh, give SF fits. Thanks, Papa Cone, for the optimistic scenario. By the way, thank you. I'm surprised the Niners are favorites as well. I can't figure out why. Because the other teams are defending champs. Right, Iggy? Yeah, like the Niners won 12 games in the regular season and the Chiefs won 11. And so that's why the Niners are favored. Like the Chiefs were dominant in the playoffs. Yeah, and of all the teams, they had the hardest time. They had to play three times. They played at home against Miami, which is a good bunch. Then they had to go beat Buffalo and the Ravens on the road, and they did it. Wow. That's right. really impressive. Right. And so let's come back to what I was saying earlier. We were talking about how how impressive the Niners' comebacks were in the first two rounds. And you said they were extremely impressive, and I agree. But at the same time, it's like, who was more impressive in the playoffs so far? The Niners, who uh, had some really close games at home against teams they were favored to win by a lot against, or the Chiefs, who went on the road and dominated some really good quarterbacks? I would say uh, so far in the postseason, the degree of difficulty was higher for Kansas City, no question. Jorgen, we're colder than a summer night in outer mission. (laughs) Brock Bonte says, what's your favorite Oregon Pinot Noirs? Go Brock. You know, I I like I I love Oregon Pinots, but and I went last summer with my friend Eric Kimmel, the writer, to a bunch, but I forget the names. He forgets I'm the sorry. names. I forgot the names. The gut diver says, "What up, Cones? Been watching since 2019. Missed the film reviews in the uh, live where you went in on Craycraft. I live. I leave for Navy boot camp Monday, so I can't watch the game. Hope these guys go win it. Well, I'll be in." Uh, Vegas next week, and I'll try to do at least one food review. I don't know about a film review. Thank you, Gut Diver. The Doug and Waffa All's House says the the show big. Love the show. Some some will next week have similar show guests. Yes, it will. Sean O'Leary says was the Niners ways the Niners can win one run to the left. Kyle has been running right too much. Two use the Bill Belichick model and take Kelsey away. Use your best matchup on him in shadow. Three, keep Purdy to 25 attempts or less. Sounds uh, solid to me. Fish and chips. True West Coast game plan wins the Super Bowl. Kyle only has his scatterings of it. If it was implemented for this game, KCCD would be on skates. Hmm. Sean O'Leary, four. And for the love of God, wrap up tackling. Enough leaving your feet to shoulder hit the ball carrier. The Lions couldn't tackle. That was the other thing. Iggy, it was pathetic. It was pathetic. Pathetic. Boxing fan times four. People need to stop crying about the Niners and Brock not getting any credit or enough credit. Want the credit, win the Super Bowl. Thank you. Boy, do we agree with you. Thank you. Serenity. Hold on, hold on. I read a column, and I'm not saying who or where. Someone, uh, after they won this game, the Niners said that already – Brock Purdy should go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks in 49ers history. Hold on. He never won a Super Bowl. Let him win a Super Bowl first. You don't make those kind of statements until a guy wins a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Agree. Serenity says, how many pro bowlers on KC? I don't know. You can Google that. I think it's five. Johnny Tolbert, can we play Beal over uh, Young at the end? The rookie? I don't know. I haven't watched him in practice. I don't know how good he is. He wasn't there at training camp, but they could try. Dad, if the Niners had lost to the Lions in the NFC Championship game, that would have been a disaster. Yep. That made you question the core tenets of the 49ers franchise. If they lose the Super Bowl, is that a disaster or is that a loss? Okay. It's a loss. Now, let's be clear. It's very bad to lose a Super Bowl. Everybody forgets who the loser one was, and they remember who the winner was. And it means you couldn't go all the way. But if the Niners lose to Kansas City, now, if they get blown out, that's another thing. But if they lose a tight game, you lost the game to a really good team, and you showed up well. 
Had they lost to the Lions, it would have been, it wouldn't be just a loss. Although Kyle would have said, "Oh, it's just a loss." It would have been a disaster mm-hmm. to lose to that bunch, which is really just a little above mediocre. It would have made you wonder: Is this the right coach, right general manager? Do they have the right plan? Is this the right quarterback? It would have right. raised every fundamental question. You, is this the right defensive coordinator? I had people firing him on Twitter at halftime, firing Wilts. Um, it would have it would have created turmoil in that building in Santa Clara. If they lose to Kansas City, there's no turmoil. You wipe your hand across your mouth and you keep moving on. Yeah, absolutely. There's no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. No, 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 no. That being said, no turmoil. No one gets fired. That being said, if the 49ers lose the Super Bowl again, that wouldn't be good for Kyle Shanahan. No, it wouldn't be good uh, for Kyle Shanahan. That would mean between Kyle Shanahan and Jim Harbour, they had lost three in a row. And before those guys, when the Niners were a team, whenever they got in the Super Bowl, they won. They were the best team. They were the best team. They had a, they either killed the team or they came back or whatever. Um, this would define the 49ers as almost good enough. And it would define Kyle because may, maybe it wouldn't define Brock Purdy that way. He's 24. It's his first season as a starter. If he loses the Super Bowl, you might not say, oh, well, you got to replace this guy. He's never going to get it done. But if Kyle doesn't win this one, I think all offseason, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people will say or wonder out loud, can this guy ever get it done? I mean, he's so famous. Everyone says he's so great, but he still hasn't won a Super Bowl, and that team was supposed to be the juggernaut. I know he lost to the Chiefs, and I know it's no shame in losing to Mahomes, but there's always going to be a great quarterback in the Super Bowl you got to beat. Can Kyle do it? It'll raise that question, but I want to say you said everyone will be asking that question, not the local media. Yeah. That's true. If the Niners lose this game, what will be some of the ways the local media excuses it? Um, well, we don't know how the game will, you know, the official, there was a bad call. There should have been a holding call call on Nick Bosa. And if you look, if you watch the film, Bosa got held. Yeah, if you watch it, got held at the crucial play. Moody, Moody missed the field goal. Yeah, you know, they had bad luck. Moody missed the field goal. Critical field goal. Someone got injured. There was yeah, an injury. Got injured. Yeah. yeah. Kyle yeah. had the greatest game of his life. It's just when Kansas City came back from 10 points down, um, it, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't his day. Yeah. Until then. Yeah. Yeah. It was Brock's fault, but he's young and he's going to be better next year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they gang tackled uh, CMC and it was, you know, kind of unfair. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Wilkes got outclassed, but they're going to replace him with Bill Belichick in the offseason. Yeah. God, I hope they don't bring in Bill. That sour pickle. I don't want that sour pickle around here, Bill Belichick. No. Would uh, you like sour to pickle at a deli? Sure. In a press conference? No. No, you don't want a sour pickle. You don't want By the sour- way, at it, when I was growing up in Brooklyn on Avenue M in my neighborhood, here's how you got pickles. They had two barrels, big barrels. And one of them was half sour pickles. They were floating in brine. And, you know, they came up to about my waist. And the other was sour pickles. And they had, a, you know, one of these tweezer things, you Me know, either. clompers. Clomper. And you'd, a clomper. And you'd put yeah. it in and you'd pick, you'd pick your pickle. And it was a nickel for a pickle. Oh, I used to, I used to buy a pickle. And you'd pick a pickle? <laughs> a nickel to buy a pickle. And I'd be just eating, and I'd be in heaven. Walking down the street eating that pickle. One of my favorite things about Palm Springs, they just randomly have a bunch of Jewish delis that you can't find in the Bay. Oh, you get stuff like Kreplach. Kreplach. Oh, Kreplach. Sherman's, or as we say, Scheumann's. Scheumann's. And Manhattan in the desert. I like Manhattan in in the desert. It's like like Harry's in the desert. Although Harry's is owned by the guy who owns uh, which one? Sammy G's. Sammy G's. Niner not a bot says not to jinx anything, but do you think the Niners can mentally recover if they lose to the Chiefs again at, at the Super Bowl? They'll say they mentally recovered, and yeah. they'll be 
lot of there'll be a lot of stuff next spring. They got over it, you know. In fact, a lot of people will act as if the Niners won. Yeah, they will. That's happened. Hayden says this is the uh, prove it game for the Niners. Everything they have wanted with all the emotion. This will show exactly who this football team is. Will also be Kyle's legacy game. Yeah, I, they win I, this game. Beating Andy Reid oh. and Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't get any more bigger. Iggy, let's stay on that note for a moment. If they win this game, because we've been talking about if they lose, what the stakes are. If they win, me, personally, I would have to say Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. Yeah. Now, this is a big hurdle. This is Harry Potter, you know, getting through the Death Eaters. Uh, yeah. um, this is a big deal. Yeah. But if they do, I would have to say he's a great coach because he, he got through the Death Eaters. This is a Death Eater matchup. Death Eater matchup. But he hasn't matched up well with the Death Eaters in the past. No, he it's hasn't. Best of him. Yeah. And he didn't face any Death Eaters in the NFC playoffs. Sometimes Harry doesn't do well with the Death Eaters. You no, know, you don't know Harry needs a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. True. You need a second chance. He doesn't he's not the strongest wizard wizard, but he has a good heart. He has a heart. You gotta have a heart. Fish and chip says Elsie and Kate. Can Casey get 30 points? It's been difficult for them. Um, I don't think they'll get 30 points in this game. I, Iggy, you've you pointed this out. You used to think of them as this offensive juggernaut. Now they're efficient, tough, good on offense. Not, not Maybe not great, but on the other hand, they're a much better defensive team. They're different from what we think of them as being. Yeah. Or did I overstate the case? Well, no, you're right. I totally agree with that. I'm just thinking about the Niners. We, we used to think of the Niners as a defensive team. Now they're very much an offensive team. And recently they gave up 31 to the Lions, 33 to the 33 to the Ravens, and 29 to the Cardinals. I think it's very possible that the Chiefs could score 30. Okay. Yes. I don't know about this Niners defense right now. Lazy Boy Sports says Brock Purdy. Only comparison right now is Brock Purdy. It's only year two. He's still learning. Based on past media and draft, his only comparison is Tom Brady. His only comparison is Tom Brady. I don't understand. You mean you mean Tom Brady early in his career? Yeah. Okay. All right. Robert Slavin says, run the ball 25 times, play action off it, defense, load the box, play man coverage, put a lineman to spy, Pat, every team is beatable, Niners win with this. Okay. Hey, Robert. Manny PSF95 says, have you considered becoming a quarterback coach? Which one of us? How about both of us? Okay, Combo. we could we could split it, yeah. Serenity says, I feel like if we win, it won't be because of Kyle, Brock, Purdy, CMC, Debo, Kittle, want it more, D-line will flail. These p players want it more than the coach? I think the coach Is that what he's saying? Yeah. Oi. Oi, Gavalt. Chris Tallarico says, if they lose, local media will say, look, absolutely will blame Wilkes. Kind of depends on how the game goes, but they will never blame Kyle or Lynch. Um, we might. We might. Martin Camacho says, you can't play and try to beat the Chiefs at their own game. The Niners have to out-physical them. I prefer the Niners' DBs rather than the Ravens' DBs. They need to lock down the Chiefs' wide receivers. I agree that, that in theory, that's what they need to do. Thank you, Martin. But that's what, what the thing about it is like, you, okay, you can't beat the Chiefs at their own game. What is the Chiefs' game? Four yeah. years ago when they were in the Super Bowl against the Niners, they had Tyreek Hill and their game was spread it out, throw it down the field. Now, they have one wide receiver they give it the ball to a lot in Rasheed Rice and a tight end and a running back. A lot of times, they'll run the ball. They'll do multiple tight end stuff. They have a strong offensive line. They're physical. The Niners have been kind of soft on defense the last couple of months. They can't stop anything on the run. So, yeah, who's more physical in this game? That'll be interesting. Martin, Austin, pickled a picked a pickle just for a nickel goat. Austin Rodriguez. Harold McAllister lost my father to COVID February 8th, 2022. Wow. February 8th. This show was one of the outlets to help me get through. Lowell and Grant, I forever appreciate you. Keep up the great content and stay healthy. God love you, Harold. I know you're coming up on the two-year anniversary. God love you. You are not that guy, pal. Says pass to IU should have been PI. DB interfered with the route. Okay. It wasn't though. Dad. When the 49ers went to the Super Bowl in 1982, January of 1982, first time with Joe Montana and Bill Walsh, Bill did something kind of kooky. 
and you were right there. It was very famous. Would you tell the story? Yeah. Um, it, I'll start a little earlier than what it's the bellhop story. The bellhop um, story. And, and I was there. What happened was, um, in those days, media w- sometimes would fly with the team. Never anymore. They don't. The team doesn't want us. Plus, we want to get miles on United or or at Southwest or whatever. So, but I was flying. I was sitting next to Herb Kane from the Chronicle, and you know, uh, it was very pleasant. I I spent people walk around the plane. I spent some time talking to Freddie Solomon and to just chatting with Joe Montana in the aisle. It's it was such a different world, Iggy. This was before Joe Montana really was uh, Joe Montana. Mm. So anyway, so now we land and they had jitneys, not big buses, but like jitneys where they get 20 people in or whatever. And they would take us from the airport to the hotel where the media and the team was staying. Iggy, we were staying at the same hotel as as the team. Right. That would never happen anymore. No. No. So they pull That's over important. to the curb and I pulled my uh, suitcase down. It was, you know, up on the rack overhead and. The back, you know, the side door opened, and I'm tired, and I, I, I um, start walking down the two or three steps to the curb, and this bellhop, this elderly bellhop, uh, wearing a cap and a jacket, starts grabbing my my suitcase, and I'm thinking, get out of here, yeah. and I look at him again, it's Bill, it's Bill Walsh, and I, I was like. I was speechless. So he took my bag. He was laughing and he put it on the side like someone who wanted a tip. You know what I mean? And then other people got off. Some were players, some were media. And everybody was as shocked as I was. And he he unloaded all all, from everybody. He took their stuff and lined it up on the curb really neatly and just stood there looking goofy and laughing. And it became really famous and I think what it meant, Iggy, it means a lot of things, and we could talk about it, but I think it meant he was being playful. Yeah. He didn't want the players to think this was doom and gloom. Relax. That, Relax. I'm having fun. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna beat these guys. Yeah. Uh, I used to I used to coach at Cincinnati. Yeah. I know what they do. We're gonna beat yeah. these guys. I'm not intimidated. And I'm having fun. I'm having fun and I want you to have fun. And Iggy, I not only saw it, he took my suitcase. So you don't necessarily need to give a speech, but setting the tone for the week is important. And Bill did it perfectly. He did. By the way, he was not big on speeches. Mm -mm. His voice was not great. He didn't do well on um, television as a commentator he had a great sense of humor and he had wonderful comic timing and he was very very smart he was brilliant at football he was a genius in real life he wasn't a genius but he was very very smart he had a wonderful sense of humor he must have really thought about it and come up with this idea and i i I knew him he probably when he got the idea was giggling this will be cool you got to see this this will be cool and it became part of 49er lore what he did that day. And you're right. It set the tone for the whole week. I'm going to tell you another thing that happened. Every morning, really early, very early for me, they would have coaches press conferences in, in big rooms at the two different hotels where the teams were. There was a very famous columnist from the New York Daily News named Dick Young, who I knew. I knew him much older than I was. And he, he was known to have a bad temper. So, one time, Bill's answering questions early in the morning, and I guess Dick Young got into it one with somebody else from his paper, and he started yelling at him, yelling at him while Bill's talking on the stage, and Bill stopped, and he had he had a look like Jack Benny. He could give you a look like, what? What are you yelling about? <laughs> He sort of said, like, maybe I'll stop for a while while Dick yells at this guy. And Bill had such a lovely sense of humor that whole first Super Bowl. And then they won. I think it's funny. We talk about, like, the culture of a team with Dan Campbell and Nick Sirianni, how they set the culture. And they, I don't know, they make them tough or something. Well, I don't know. The Niners of the 80s had a culture. They were cool under pressure. 
And, you know, there was that big moment where I don't know which Super Bowl it was because it was before my time, but they were about to lead a game-winning drive. Maybe it was Bill Walsh's final Super Bowl against Cincinnati, and Joe Montana comes in the huddle and says, hey, there's John Candy right there. And yeah, he seems kind of like a similar, a similar type of energy that Bill Walsh was giving off in 1982. Like, hey, hey, there's our head coach doing something really weird. It's kind of funny. Kind I guess of funny. it's not yeah. too big of a deal. Right, he 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 shrunk the, the yeah. enormity hey, of the moment. The biggest game in your life. It's we're gonna win. We're gonna win and have we're gonna have fun. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the week. The week is kind of crazy. They're gonna ask you all kind of crazy questions, and I'm in it with you. I'm in it yeah. with you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The bellhop store. You were there. Now we would never, ever, ever get invited on the plane or the, the team hotel. I mean, they would like us not to know where those things are. Right. Um, I'd like to tell you people how different the culture is. When I first started, which was 1979, the NFL was the most media-friendly league. They wanted you to see practice. They wanted – if I walked into the building of the Niners in Redwood City with, with this little place where they practiced, and I said to the PR guy, I'd like to talk to Bill Walsh. Now, I mean, if the day were over, I don't mean in the middle of practices and stuff. If the day were over um, and I said, I want to talk to Bill in five minutes, he'd say, okay, come with me. And Bill would be in his office and I would talk to him. It was so egalitarian. I remember one time the Raiders used to have their practice facility by a garbage dump in Alameda. And uh, during the practice, I went over to uh, Tom Flores. And you know what a lovely man Tom Flores is. And I said, Tom, I want to talk to some of your players. They were, pro- they were doing calisthenics and practicing. And, I- and he said, here, just sit over there on the grass low. Um, I'll get him for you. I'll get him for you when the practice is over. That's what he – you sit over there on the grass and watch. It was like, could that ever happen now? Is that because, like, back in the late 70s, the NFL was trying to catch up with – uh, let's say MLB and boxing. I I, I do think so. And yes. they saw that they they were media friendly. They mm-hmm. wanted good coverage and they wanted coverage. In mm-hmm. fact, I remember that day. I one of the players was lifting weights with the Raiders, and I misunderstood Flores. And I went over to the player and started chatting with him. And Flores, this was the head coach who once Super Bowl comes over and says. Lowell, I'm sorry, like this, I'm so sorry. The practice isn't over yet. Could you go back and sit where you were? He didn't say like, get the, you know, I'm so sorry, Lowell, could you just go back? It'd be a 10 more minutes. I said, Tom, I misunderstood. I'm so sorry. Iggy, could that happen now? No. 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 And I'm telling you, Iggy, and it's, I think it's a scene in my book. One time in, um, when they practiced in Redwood City, I lived in Palo Alto, so it was very easy for me to get there. And it was a little, a little tiny locker room in a civic center or something like that in an old building. And they had the tight end, John Frank, and he was reading a book um, about Ken Kesey. You're either on the bus or you're off the bus. And uh, Tom Wolfe wrote it, the, mm-hmm. whatever it was called. Yeah. So he, he had the book, and he knew that I was bookish. And he had a, he pulled over a um, a little stool, and he said, "Hey, Lowell, have you ever read this book?" And I said, "Yes, John, I have." And he said, well, "What does it mean to you?" And I said, "No, no, 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 no. What does it was mean that the to you?" Was the electrical acid test or no? Yes, yes, yep. that was it. Yep. What does it mean to you? And he and as he was articulating it. Because he wanted to be a doctor, and I think he was thinking of getting off the bus of the Mm. Niners. And he was struggling with it and wanted two Jewish guys to talk to each other. Well, while he was talking, here comes Ronnie Lott, and here comes Joe Montana and pulls up little stools. Joe! And they listened. Neither said a word. They were very interested in what John Frank had to say. Neither had read the book, but then they asked me later what the book was like and all that. Iggy, it could never happen now. No. I'm talking Ronnie Lott and Joe Montana wanted to hear what Lowell and John Frank said about Tom Wolf. 
That's pretty fascinating. Cool. It couldn't Mary, happen now, right? No, definitely not. And Joe Montana, I want to say, he was never said a word, but he was, you know, his intense eyes. He was absolutely into it in the most lovely, lovely way. He went to a good school. He sure did. You're not that guy, pal. Says, uh, past I, we got you. Nine or not about says, is Brandon Ayuk catch the catch three? Vernon Davis um, was the catch three when he when he caught that one to, to beat the Saints ten years ago. Yeah, maybe catch. Let's four. say this was a hell of a catch, but there was a catch in the catch. It hit the guy in the face. There was a catch in the catch. <laughs> also, it wasn't to win the game. Like those those other ones came right at the end of the game or close to the end of the game. Serenity says not saying Kyle Shanahan doesn't want a Super Bowl, but Brock Purdy scramble CMC miracles happen based on their grit. They're the ones that have the grit. We have to see if Kyle has it. Fish and chips. Did the windows and hotel freeze on the on the inside? Did the windows and the no. hotel freeze inside? No. When we were, uh, I understand in Pontiac, it was so cold there. But we were not. We were not uh, cold in the hotel. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I had a room, and Ira Miller and I had traveled together. He had a room next door, but we wa- we were really hungry, so we ordered room service in my room, and we were Californians, so we ordered. A Cabernet, a bottle of Cabernet to have the first night, and the the waitress or whatever they are brought it brought it in, and I guess in Detroit maybe they didn't know that much about wine in those days. So she said to Ira, "Here's your Cabernet." She thought Cabernet was Cabernet. Well, life is and a Cabernet. And we we were really polite. We didn't, but when she shut the door, we did laugh, and that's exactly what Ira said. Life's a, no. Iris said, life is a Cabernet. Life is a Cabernet, old chum. Yeah, it sure is. Big Dog says, I hope Debo starts talking smack. Seems to work out in our favor. Bang, bang, love the cons. Thank you. We'll Big tell him. Dog. Joshua Porter. Picking up on what Lowell said a bit ago, KC has scored 26, 27, and 17 in these playoffs. We will need to score 30 to win. Love the show. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Obi-149 says... Brandon Ayuk slowed down running into the defender, but throw wasn't as bad as I thought. Luck involved for sure, but then so are some of Brock's picks off tips. Fair enough. Jay Keller says, on the replay of the face mask catch, a flag was thrown. It's clear as day, but everyone misses or ignores it. DPI all day. They picked up the flag. They picked up the flag. They picked up the flag. They said there was no foul for defensive pass interference on the play. Martin Camacho, let's just put the 80s defense out there with Patrick Willis for the Super Bowl. They're quite old at this point. Let's let let's leave Ronnie Lott alone. I see Keenan Turner walking around. I don't think he's strapping it up anytime soon. Do you ever say hello to him? Ever say hello to Keenan? To Keenan? Of course. Does he know you? Does he know you, my son? He does. Keenan knows. Keenan Turner is the loveliest person. I love Keenan Turner. Can you tell Kyle Shannon that he needs to strictly have Nick Bosa play on the right side, where he is dominant when he is on the left? He's average. I'm going to tell him. In fact, I'm calling him up tonight. We're having dinner tonight, Kyle and I, and I'll bring a cabaret and I'll tell him. What I'll do is I'm going to Google the 49ers phone number that, like, for the front desk at their facility. And when they answer, I'm going to say, put Kyle Shannon on the phone. <laughs> They're going to say, who is it? I'm going to say, he knows who the hell I am. <laughs> do you know what he's doing? He's doing the jerky boys right now. We used to listen to Okay. <laughs> that was Frank Rizzo. Chris Tallarico says, "Was the final wall? Was the final wall Super Bowl? First, I watched. That's the Montana stuff I see in Brock. Never flustered, and the game never feels over when all other shanty seasons it was over if they were down at halftime. Fair enough. So far, but now he has to beat the final boss in the final level, the Death Eaters. The Death Eaters. Koopa Can Troopa play- is playing Super Mario." Did I tell you the Death Eaters comes from Harry Potter? And I just want to say this. You know, I live alone in this house on the hill. <laughs> I have a lot of time to fill. So for whatever reason, I got on my Kindle the seven Harry Potter books. Now, I read them when they came out. But what I found is books don't change, but you change. And now it's 30 years later, I guess, or close to. And... I've changed and I've had life experiences and the books are different to me now. And 
I love them more. I know they're written for juveniles, but I think I'm really think like a juvenile. And I'm loving these Harry Potter books. I love Harry. I love Hermione. I do. Hagrid. Oh. <laughs> and I got to tell you, Voldemort is one of the greatest villains that I've ever read about, read in a book. It's interesting how Harry and Voldemort have a lot in common. They do. They, they even sh almost share a brain. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like Star Wars with uh, yeah. Darth, Darth Vader and Luke. Very much so. When you find those connections, they're thrilling. Yeah. Brian Castillo says, will you bring Chase off the bench and start Gregory? Will you, Iggy? I'll, I, I'll, have, to, I'll have to get back. I can't reveal my game plan just yet, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> can't that, you know, that's, can't, that's, that's scheme. That's scheme. I can't talk about that. Remember when Harbaugh used to do that? Scheme. Oh, he, scheme. It, he, would, he would go crazy on two things scheme or you say who's a better player but so i don't compare players right he would go or crazy injuries, injuries. Well, he's working through something and i'm not in his body i can't tell you <laughs> all right jim thank you th thank you jim well that's the show dad that well, was I, I, you know, I i so i enjoyed it I, I love you iggy i love you too i will give you a call right after this thank you very much everyone for watching i'll see you guys soon